Yes, mini sermonette. It's only a half hour, that's right. No notes, no notes, no notes. But I thought what we'd do is take some time, you know, 15 minutes or so, and, and um, have testimonies about God's, God's kindness, his loving kindness, his faithfulness, his mercy in our lives. We're going to be taking communion, and, and the basis of our hope and our confidence certainly is uh, Jesus dying on the cross for each of us. And so I just want to have, give you opportunity, those of you that God's been working in your life, and I don't know who you are, and I haven't prepared any, any testimonies ahead of time, but I know that God has already prepared people, and you are thankful. There is one person that I want you to hear from. This, this person I want you to hear from has been part of this congregation since way before I was ever on the scene. And um, she is the first and only person in the history of Hope Chapel to have actually retired from our staff. Everybody else just leaves. <laughs> and I just want to have Doris Kostopoulos share a couple of words. Doris has been our office manager for 16, 17 years, and she is, she is called by all of us affectionately mom, and we love her. And when I come in the office Tuesday morning, Doris is not going to be there and it's got a huge shock to my system. So I just want you to hear a couple words about what God's doing in her life. They're going to be traveling, by the way. <laughs> well, this is unexpected, Zach. <laughs> so what's new? Well, it's true. I am retiring. Yeah! <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's um, been really wonderful working on the staff here, and um, it's a little sad, especially the people that, you know, I won't be seeing the people that I work with, but I, I do want to say that um, God has been really good, and these past 16 years, I have seen a lot of things happen in the in the church through the office, and some wonderful things have happened, and, and some wonderful testimonies, and people have been uh, blessed, and people have been healed, and and found the Lord, and, and, um, and that's been wonderful. And it's been really wonderful working with Zach and the other, the other staff members. There are some here tonight, with Meg, and I think Kurt was here, and there's Alan, and, and they're wonderful pastors. I want you to know that people who minister to you, God has sent them here, and uh, they, they love the Lord, and they have uh, love for you and compassion for you and interest in you as they minister. Uh, every day, and uh, I'll, I haven't moved away. We're not traveling, so I'll be here every Saturday night. So, <laughs> and thank you, Zach. <laughs> Doris, we love you, and we're going to miss you in the office. Steve, you want to share a word with us, how Kate's doing? Steve Klegman is here. You remember we're praying for Kate and uh, her situation in the hospital. Alan's got a mic there for you. Um. Kate had a, a, a rough week. Uh, she fell at the beginning of the week, and um, she had a fever, and it was, it's just been a tough week. Um, she's better. She doesn't have fever. Uh, she's feeling stronger. She's walking a, a little bit. She was home Thursday, and uh, she was able to walk from uh, where the bedroom is going to be located. Uh, she's able to walk from there into the, 
into the restroom, and uh, she can do that on uh, just about on herself. Uh, so that's a, a lot, a lot of progress. Um, she just has come from from the grave, literally, uh, and to be that far uh, is is amazing. There's an enormous hill to climb, uh, and sometimes I look at that hill, and other times I look at Jesus. And when I look at Jesus, the hill doesn't seem so high. And I just wanted to share with you, I, I can remember about two years ago, uh, standing up and just praising the Lord. And my circumstances were, were wonderful. I mean, I just had a baby. My wife just had the baby. And um, financially, things were working uh, just everything in my life was absolutely blessed, and I just got up and I just praised God for being so wonderful. And the arrow would just turn like that. And the, the circumstances uh, could be described as right now as dreadful. And I just want to praise God with the same intensity and the, the same commitment and the same praise as I did two years ago because the Lord is with us and the circumstances are not what account for the quality of our lives. Jesus accounts for the quality of our lives. And would you please remind me of that next time you see me looking down instead of looking up? Thank you. All right, Stephen, thank you. For those of you that don't know, Kate, his wife, had a stroke a um, month and a half now? Two months? Three months ago? It's been three months? Oh, my. Stroke and uh, almost died from it. Uh, completely incapacitated, and uh, God is just bringing her back, bringing her back. So keep uh, she and Steve and their two little girls in your prayers. I know they'd appreciate it. Somebody else, testimony about God's grace and loving kindness. Keith. One thing that I didn't get a chance to do, I'm an editor of a ma uh, per magazine where we pray for peoples around the world who don't have the gospel, don't have a, a church in the midst, Almost all of you have probably heard of the Kurds, the people group that, of course, Saddam Hussein and his people there in, in northern Iraq have been uh, giving so much trouble to. But they're almost entirely Muslim. They're people who think that Jesus is only a prophet. They they think that the only way to earn their, that they have to earn their salvation by good works. Well, um, there have been some Christian people who have gone into northern Iraq because we do have the troops there to protect them. And they, they've used this as an opportunity to bring the gospel to them. And there's um, a few of them have come to Christ. In fact, there's this one family that's turned to Christ so solidly that they don't even have to leave their home. They just have neighbors, all these Muslims coming to them constantly wanting to hear about Jesus Christ and what Christ has done for them. And, um, you know, it's gotten to the point where they hardly even have a chance to sleep. Because people are just constantly coming over there. So when they pray, they just have to do it in the middle of the night. Um, it's just amazing what God's doing. We, you know, sang that song. We talked about some from every tribe, tongue, and nation um, worshiping before the throne. And it's going to happen. It is going to happen. It seemed like a miracle, but we know it will happen. God will be the victor. Great testimony, Keith. Thank you very much. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine having you know your your neighbors and people people down the block and in your neighborhood coming over to your house continually wanting to know about Jesus when when months and months and years before they've been absolutely impervious and you just feel like you've given up and all you do is stay in your house and pray for them and now all of a sudden they're beating down your door wanting to know about Jesus. Can you relate to that? That's exciting stuff. Oh, whoa. Okay, Ellie. 
Okay. <laughs> I just, I just praise God tonight. I'm so happy to be part of this body. And um, I was just really touched as I was listening to, to Steve's testimony. And, and it's amazing how people perceive us when we go through difficulties in life, you know. And we don't, we may feel sometimes like we're falling apart on the inside. Um, I uh, was married to a Christian man and involved in um, Christian music ministry for many, many years. I was married uh, 17 years. And he became involved in homosexuality and became HIV positive and uh, my life really fell apart. It took a long time to get over that, but during that time, um, I guess a lot of people were watching me, and a couple of months ago, uh, I'm in retail, and one of my manufacturer's uh, reps called me, and he was telling me about something, and, and he said something, and I laughed, and he said, you know, Ellie, I just love it when you laugh, because you really, really, really laugh with abandon, <laughs> And he said, you know, he said, I've known you for 13 years, and I've known some of the stuff that have happened in your life, and you always laugh like that, like a little kid laughs, like when they're playing. And he says, I don't, he said, it just intrigues me. I love to hear you laugh. Well, I love opportunities to share about the Lord. So I said, well, you know, uh, the only reason I can, the only explanation I have for that is, you know, when a child is in a, a family that's, that's really in good order and they know they're provided for and they're cared for and they don't have to worry about anything, they can laugh with abandon. They can be really happy and joyous and free and, and, um, and I shared with him about my father in heaven, and that that's probably why that no matter what the circumstances are, I can still laugh like that. Well, um, that's the one praise thing. Uh, he, he called me about oh, three or four weeks ago, and he said, I'm going to be in the area. Can I take you to lunch? I want to talk with you. He's a, a Jewish man. And I said, sure. So we went for lunch, and the first thing he said, well, we ordered our stuff, and then it came, and I said, you know, can I pray? And he said, sure. And... Uh, so then he said, you know, the reason I wanted to meet with you today is I want to I talk about your faith. And I thought, oh, praise God. This guy's kind of intimidating. He's really big in the, in the mattress industry, you know. <laughs> and it really is. But anyway, <laughs> hey, it's a big industry. How many people don't have a bed, right? <laughs> anyway, so anyway, I proceeded to share with him about the Lord and, and, and everything. And he's listening and processing all this. And then he wanted to know about my church. I told him about my church. Then he wanted to know how we support our church. That was a big thing. So I, we shared for about three hours, you know, and he said, and he started telling me of all the, the devastation in his life and just, he's just like, he's at wit's end and he's, and you know, like all this, that's been his career and he's very materialistic, is just worth nothing. And he said, you know, I talked to you and I can really see that, that this is truth, that this is really the truth. And he said, you know, I, I think, I think I'm going to end up buying this, but he said, you know, I've really, I, I know that if I, if I embrace this, if I embrace Jesus, it's going to have to be 100, you know, it has to be everything because that's the way he goes into everything. And so I said, well, that's, you know, that's really good, Howard. And, and, and we talked some more and, and he says, so, you know, I said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray that God brings people across your path that mention Jesus to you and talk about Jesus. And I said, and he will do that. So I was leaving the very next day for vacation and I promised him I would send him one of our CDs that we made from the worship team. So on the way, I thought, oh, I got, I got to pack out all this stuff. I got just enough time. I'll run in and get a CD and put it in the mail tonight. And on the way here, I thought, I remembered this book I read a long time ago called Betrayed. 
about this Jewish guy and his daughter betrays him, becomes a Christian. So he spends a whole year studying to disprove this faith she had. Oh, I got to get that book for Howard, but they'll never have it here. It's a little dinky book. I hadn't seen it in years. So I came in and I asked the girl in there and she says, no, she so she looked it up and she said, I don't think we have that. And she looked under the author. She said, no, if it was going to be here, it'd be right here in this section. It's not here. We don't have it. I said, that's okay. So I go to pick up the book of the month to read on my trip. And there's like 150 book of the month, you know, and there's one blue book and it was that book. <laughs> and it was for Howard. And I screamed. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I bought the book. coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it was a coincidence. So I bought the book and I mailed it to him. And I had to be at a, a meeting last Tuesday where he was the cheese. It was at his factory and his big tour and everything. He says, thank you for the book. I started reading it. He says, that's an awesome book. He said, I'm really reading it slowly. I'm really thinking about it. And I said, well, that's great, Howard. I got to tell you what that book, you know, God had that book just for you. And I told him that story. And I'm telling you, he turned as white as a ghost. He really did. So if you think of it, pray for Howard. And, and I just praise God that, that no matter what the circumstances are, that, that we can laugh with, with joy, that we can have peace that passes understanding. And I'm grateful that people see that in me. Haley, lead us in prayer for Howard right now, will you? Praise God. <laughs> oh, Father God, I thank you so much that you are calling this man by your spirit, that you're speaking to his heart. And I just pray, oh God, that everywhere he turns every day, that he just can't get away from that voice, Lord. I pray, Lord, as he reads this little book, that he will have clear understanding of what it means to know you and to receive you into his life and to follow you. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of ministering to this man. And I just pray, oh God, that you would help all of us to never, ever pass up the most tiny opportunity that you give to us, Lord. Help us to constantly be attentive to your voice and, and, and every day to share your word, Lord. Help us to be conscious of the fact that everyone around us is going to hell, that this isn't a game, that it's very serious, and it's our responsibility to share you. Lord, we praise you and thank you now for Howard's salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that exciting? You know, we, as she said, you, you just never know who's watching your life. I mean, my wife is always constantly telling me, darling, you don't know who's out there watching you. <laughs> I mean, I'm on display wherever I go. And she's absolutely right. And uh, in a very real sense, because of the great visibility of my life in this community, because we're on the cable and a lot of people see us on TV and... A lot of people come through this church, and I've been here for a long time. I, I don't know who knows me out there, but I do know that people are watching. And uh, we want to evidence, I think, a life that really does betray a secret. What do you think the secret is? I think the secret is the joy of the Lord. And the question is for us is, does our life betray the joy of the Lord? Do we evidence the joy of the Lord? You know, there's an interesting passage in the book of Nehemiah. You might want to look this up. You have your Bibles there. and This is the mini Bible study. That was a great coincidental lead into my mini Bible study. Thank you, Ellie. The book of Nehemiah... It's chapter 8. 
I want you just to, to look at verse 10. There's a couple of major themes going on in Nehemiah in that book. The first half of the book is devoted to um, the, re, the rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem. The second half of the book is devoted to the re-education of the people in the law of God. That they might obey the Lord, that they might worship the Lord. And in chapter 8, you have Ezra, Nehemiah, and the Levites. And I, and I encourage you to read this a little, little, little bit later on. Ministers, if you will, in front of all the people. All the people are gathered to hear the reading of the law of God, and then they break up in small groups. Does that sound familiar? And they study, and and explanation is made to the people in their small groups of what the law of God means to them in their life. After the people have heard the law and after the, it has been preached to them, after they have been taught, we're told that they, they fall down and they are grief-stricken and they are weeping. Now, obviously, their hearts have been convicted. Obviously, they've seen here's God's wonderful standard. Here's God's purpose for them. Here's God's great and wonderful call on their life and how far they've fallen short. And they're grieved. It's almost as if, you know, we hear Ellie's testimony and we hear about her, her, her life is, is an open book. She's being read and, and this man sees it very clearly. And, and we hear this wonderful testimony and then we think in our own minds, gosh, what about my life? And some of us hang our head in shame, don't we? Because our lives don't evidence the joy of the Lord. But here's the good news. In the midst of their weeping, in the midst of their crying, in the midst of their sorrow, Nehemiah says to them, oh, lift up your heads. And go and, 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 and eat and and." And rejoice. And he says this wonderful thing. He says, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Now, I don't know about you, but there's lots of times in my life when I don't feel real strong. When ministry is there, it's obvious. And I don't feel strong to do it. I don't have the strength within me. All of us have to battle, if we're Christians, all of us have to battle three fundamental enemies, don't we? The world, the flesh, and the devil. And they are all formidable foes, aren't they? And we know the secret of that is that we don't battle those enemies in our own strength, do we? We battle them in the strength of the Lord, right? Well, how do you access the strength of the Lord? Well, Nehemiah tells us this little secret. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, how do I get the joy of the Lord? How can I experience the joy of the Lord? What is this joy that Nehemiah is talking about? Well, first of all, let me tell you, it's not the same as happiness. 
A lot of times we get joy confused with happiness. Not the same thing. If I can use another word to, a synonym for joy, I think a good word is delight. There is a deep delight. Do you delight in the Lord? Psalm 37 says what? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. The joy of the Lord. Now, I want to kind of dovetail this with communion. I, want, I think this is so appropriate. I believe with all my heart, the joy of the Lord is based on one thing and one thing only. What do you think that might be? What would the joy of the Lord be based on? Okay, you're close. Relationship, people, same relationship. You're real close. Let me suggest to you this. The joy of the Lord is based on the forgiveness of our sins. I mean, isn't any relationship, isn't a relationship joyful and you can enjoy a relationship, you can delight when you know that that person has nothing against you and that person loves you and that person is constantly open to you and they know you warts and all? Does that not cause joy in your life? So I would, I would propose this. And, and here's, here's where I think the dilemma comes for many of us. We know Christ died for our sins, right? We know that our sins are forgiven, right? That's a clear, fundamental, biblical doctrine. But I think that sometimes we forget. We lose sight. We devalue that great, fundamental truth. I spoke to a man last week, and, and, and he'd been Christian for years. Studies the Bible, prays, diligent, serves the Lord, tithes faithfully. All the stuff that we're supposed to do, right? He said to me, he looked me in the eye and he says, I don't know the joy of the Lord. And I said, there's four things that are essential if you're to know the joy of the Lord. The first one is you're to rehearse the truth, rehearse the reality. Stop, steal away, get with Jesus. Sit down and begin to think and meditate once again on the truth that your sins are forgiven because of what he's done. I mean, you can't, you can't be quiet very long in your prayer closet, if you will, thinking on that before all of a sudden joy starts to bubble up in you. You begin to rejoice. But it doesn't stop there. We take that joy, and if I can tie this in with Steve's testimony, the joy of the Lord, if it is to be our strength, it must be strengthened. And I would suggest to you that joy is nurtured in affliction. We misunderstand it if we don't know it and our joy is not purified, it's not strengthened, it's not nurtured in the midst of affliction. Doesn't Jesus say rejoice when, when people persecute you? 
count it all joy, James says, when you encounter various trials? There is a, there is a mysterious connection between joy and affliction. And what I'd suggest is that that affliction nurtures and nourishes joy. But there's yet a third dynamic about this joy. It's based on what? Forgiveness. It's nurtured by what? And it's dependent on obedience. What keeps it flowing? What keeps it flowing? It's, 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 it's bubbled up. It's being strengthened. What keeps it coming? What keeps it there? O B E D I E N C E. Give me an O. <laughs> it's obedience. Do you remember when Jesus says to his disciples in John's Gospel, he says, My joy I give you? My joy. He says, I don't want you lacking anything. I want your joy complete, but I'm giving you that. And it wasn't his, wasn't it his great joy to do his father's will? So as we obey, that joy just continues to flow in our life. And then there's a fourth thing about the joy of the Lord. And again, Steve said it. It's irrespective of circumstances. It's irrespective of circumstances. I said earlier there was a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is dependent on what happens. Joy is not. We can rejoice in our trials. Why? Because we know that we're forgiven. We know that there's no condemnation. We know that there is a loving, gracious, heavenly Father who cares for us and who is training us up and who is transforming us into the very likeness of Jesus. We can rejoice. I think that the, the current term is be proactive. You heard of that? And, and, and we take a proactive stance. We, we rejoice, but we have a basis to rejoice. It's not just a blind leap in the dark. Well, I'm going to rejoice and... No! I have a relationship with the living God. My sins have been forgiven. There is no condemnation to me. When God thinks of me, He smiles. <laughs> he doesn't frown. Oh, yeah, but I, I just, I don't pray enough. That's not the issue. I don't read my Bible enough. That's not the issue. It's not what you do or don't do. It's what Christ has already done. And once we embrace what Christ has done, you cease striving to try to get God on your side. You can walk around with a perpetual smile on your face. People say, why are you smiling all the time? That Jesus in my heart. And they're just going to keep watching. The joy of the Lord shall be your strength. No matter what you had to face, those 
Israelites, after they had built the wall around Jerusalem, they still had dangers from the enemies outside the wall, did they not? They were going to still have to fight battles. You and I, though we are secure with the Lord, we still battle. The question is, where do we get the strength to do those battles? And he tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So it's not a matter of us going, be strong, be strong. (laughs) It's just knowing who we are. Knowing what God has done. Embracing embracing it. And as we embrace it, you watch, you see if God's joy doesn't well up in you. You can't keep it down. It's irrepressible. You just stop and and get quiet with the Lord. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to get quiet with the Lord. We're going to prepare our hearts for taking communion. I'm going to ask the communion servers if they would prepare right now to serve us communion. If you're with us and it's your first time and you're a Christian, we invite you to join in with us in this communion time. And the protocol is very simple. Uh, The communion servers just pass the the trays, the little matzah and the juice down through the rows. And if you'll just take one of each, hold on to them. And then uh, we'll all take communion. I'll come back in just a couple minutes, and we'll all take communion together. But I want you to focus now. I want you to think right now. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that when we come to this table, we celebrate this communion meal, the Lord's Supper, if you will, we are proclaiming Christ's death until he comes. So we are rehearsing in a very tangible, physical way, we are rehearsing the gospel that Jesus died for us. That our sins were punished in Christ on the cross. And there is freedom to be had. And some of us need to be reminded of this. That's why we take communion often. So that we can remind ourselves, we can be reminded of the freedom that we have in Christ. That His joy would be our strength. So you take some time now and reflect on that. And if, there's, if, you're, if you're not feeling worthy, you're a Christian, you're not feeling worthy to take communion, it's for sinners. It's for all of us who are unworthy. If there's something in your life that, that is wrong, say, God, help me to get rid of this. Help me to get rid of this. He will. He looks in your heart. He knows when you're sincere. And if you're not quite there yet, say, God, help me. Help me to really want to get rid of this. He knows exactly where you are. He's gracious. He is merciful. And for that, we are thankful.
if an outsider were to observe what we're doing, eating a little piece of cracker, drinking this little cup of juice, they would think, how silly. That would be totally appropriate, wouldn't it? Someone who is outside who doesn't understand. But those of us who are inside, those of us who've come from the outside, with new eyes, we understand that this is not a silly practice. We understand that this is one of the most wonderful things that we participate in as Christians. We are rehearsing again. We are celebrating again. We are being reminded and we are reminding each other of the Lord's death until he comes again. To know the forgiveness of sins, to know the the power of God to release us from the past and from the guilt, things that we've been ashamed of, things that have nagged us. There's no more wonderful thing than to know that. To know that one day we'll see him face to face. To know that he loves us with a love that does not quit. He loves us more passionately, more powerfully than we could even imagine. The Bible says he loves us so much that he gave his one and only son for us. He says, you just believe. You put your trust in him. And tonight, we say it again. We proclaim Jesus. The cracker, picture of his body. The juice, pictures his blood. His entire life, his entire physical existence given for you and I. He would say to us, if you believe in me, if you trust me, if you hope in me, if you depend on me, eat this bread. Lord Jesus, we do depend on you. I depend on you. I love you tonight, and I thank you. I could never, ever thank you enough for what you have done. Lord, I don't even understand what you have saved me from and what you have saved me to. It is too wonderful for me. 
And I just love you tonight, and I praise your name. The cup he described as the cup of the new covenant. But it was a, it was a covenant that was sealed in his blood. He said, which would be poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. We understand the need of blood for life. When there is no blood in the body, the body dies. And Jesus, by the giving of his perfect blood, gives us perfect life forever and ever and ever. We rejoice in that. We rejoice in that. Again, he would say to us, if you believe in me, that my blood has the power to wash you clean, drink the cup to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Shall we praise the Lord one more time before we dismiss? Let's all stand together. Let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord, knowing he has forgiven us. We have his joy. One, two, three, four. Make a joyful noise, all you people. Sing a song to the Lord. Of his goodness and his mercy, of his faithfulness and love. Make a joyful noise, all you people. Sing a song to the Lord. Of his goodness and his mercy, of his faithfulness and love.
shall we? strength let's go in praise let's go in praise amen and remember to praise him when those circumstances are bearing down on you god bless you have a wonderful week